This is an ABC podcast. To what do you attribute this explosion of, of uh, popularity now in, in the States? I was going to say something serious, but I think ultimately it's probably my good looks. That's Daniel Ricciardo talking to Stephen Colbert on The Late Show in the United States on the cusp of the Formula One season a month ago. Watching it reminded me of two things. One, my God, that smile, it's positively incandescent. And two, Ricciardo remains among the most charismatic and marketable stars in sport. So it kind of sucks that he's not going to be involved at the Melbourne Grand Prix, at least on track. What's the Ricciardo story for you right now? Is it a cautionary tale about squandering talent? A feel-good yarn about a man living his best life? The early stages of a redemption arc? And what are the lessons of all three to heir to his Australian throne, Oscar Piastri? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Jess Yates is the host of Fox Sports Formula One coverage. He's in Melbourne for the Grand Prix. Jess, remind our listeners why Daniel Ricciardo is not racing this year and why he's now affiliated with Red Bull. I know it's a bit odd heading into the Australian Grand Prix when our best-known Formula One driver isn't actually driving. But if you cast your mind back to last year, rumblings began early on in the season that all was not well at McLaren for Daniel Ricciardo. Yellow flag somewhere in Sector 2. Yeah, we're just uh, looking on the screen. Is it Daniel Ricciardo? Daniel Ricciardo got a problem. Yes, he has. The euphoria around his incredible win at Monza the year before had certainly worn off and he was consistently struggling to keep up with his younger teammate, Lando Norris. By July, he was having to fend off speculation that he would be replaced at McLaren. I actually interviewed him at the time and I emphatically asked him, Daniel, are you at all concerned that you will not be on the grid to see out the final year of your contract with McLaren in 2023? And Paddy's answer was... No, no concerns. Fast forward a month... And he was making a statement on his social media channel on the 25th of August that he had decided to part ways with McLaren. Obviously, we put in a lot of effort on both sides, but just hasn't worked the way we wanted. Uh, So the team's decided to make a change for next year. Interesting that he then opted to take on a reserve driver role with Red Bull, his old team, wound back the clock. Uh, joining forces with them once again. Uh, But as I said, one of the biggest names in global motorsport and not here at the Australian Grand Prix this weekend. Feels bizarre. What does a charismatic race driver do when he's being paid a heap of money not to race? Well, Daniel's really taking some time out. I think it's fair to say by the end of last year, he is burnt out. And he really wanted to take a step back from Formula One to assess where he was at in his own life and what he had to give, what was left for him uh, in Formula One. So I think the Red Bull opportunity as a reserve driver was actually the perfect mix of still keeping one toe in the pool while being able to take that step back and really assess his life. He's been able to take on some extra passion projects. I know he's got a vineyard and he's making some wine. He's been doing a bit of motocross, uh, a few other projects. I know in the United States where he spends a lot of time, he's got a house in LA. He's been putting his face all over American TV. He was on Uh, the Stephen Colbert Late Show in February. I mean, Australians and Americans are very similar. I feel like just very, like, rowdy, fun, like, yeah, let's hang for a beer later. Uh, But I think for Daniel Ricciardo, this is a really pivotal moment in his life where he's really taking a moment to assess whether he wants to continue in Formula One or if he's done. 
Yeah, it feels like an inflection point because at sometimes I wonder whether we're looking at, you know, one of the better paid influencers in the world or whether we're about to see a second chapter for Daniel Ricciardo. We're days out from the Melbourne Grand Prix and maybe the most talked about piece of content this week isn't around Max Verstappen or Sergio Perez from Red Bull. It was a glossy promotional vid of Dan Ricciardo driving an F1 Red Bull around Australia to Melbourne. That video's amassed 1.2 million views in the first 36 hours on YouTube. And what struck me was the same version of that concept involving Max Verstappen from the USA earlier this year did a fraction of that. And it seems to me that Red Bull, they've pulled off a brilliant move. They've got the best drivers, but they've also got the best marketing tool. And that's great for Red Bull. Do you think it's good for Ricardo, or does it have the potential to lead him down a slippery slope? I think it's the perfect opportunity for Daniel Ricardo at this juncture in his professional career as a race car driver. He is with one of the top-tier teams in the capacity that he feels he has to give. He said he's only going to appear at eight Grand Prix at the very most this year. He's happy to do some simulator work and behind the scenes to help the team and the car develop. But you can't underestimate his pulling power, can you? I mean, to your point, that video has gone viral right around the world. G'day, everyone. Good to see you. G'day, boys. How we doing? Oh, a couple of good-looking lads on the call. To put him next to some of the biggest names in Australian motorsport and Toby Price, Shane Van Gisbergen, was a great move. And I think that's exactly what Daniel wants to do. He's still keeping his name out there while he makes this decision about whether or not he's going to continue in Formula One. I caught up with David Croft, the voice of Formula One, earlier this year and posed that question to him. Do you think we're going to see Daniel Ricciardo back in Formula One? And he said to me... Now you've got Danny Rick waiting in the wings just in case they need a replacement for 2024. And it would not surprise me to see him and Max line up together in 2024 but as I said earlier it's Sergio's seat to lose. Red Bull loved Daniel it was always a great relationship and the fact that they've let him back in the fold tells you he's still on their mind. So he's made some noise about potentially getting back into Formula One and there's voices like David Croft suggesting it's a real possibility. Others like Alan Jones uh, a motor racing legend in Australia are less convinced. What have you heard or seen about what he's doing beyond taking time out to show that it's actions as well as words, Jess? I think it's sort of too soon to tell. You've got to remember, we're only two rounds into the Formula One championship. So I think Daniel really wants to take this opportunity to see whether that competitive spirit is still burning within him. I think there are plenty of test cases that tell us if Daniel Ricciardo wants to come back after having a year off, he absolutely can. You only need to look at Nico Hülkenberg back in the championship. Esteban Ocon had some time off. Fernando Alonso is probably a great example of going away and doing other things. So I think if Daniel wants to come back, it's a possibility. It's actually as to where he comes back. So He's tried his hand at Alpine, at McLaren. Those tenures just didn't work out. Does he want to come back to a top-tier team? I'd suggest that that's exactly what he wants. Mercedes, Ferrari in the foreseeable future aren't options for him. Red Bull, Sergio Perez, that's his seat to lose. Daniel patiently waiting in the wings if that were to come to fruition. Will he go and contest other motorsport? I think this year is all about figuring that out and trying to get some answers. But I would say if he wants to come back to Formula One, that opportunity will still be there. He's an eight-time Grand Prix winner. You don't forget how to do that stuff. If Ricardo's towards the end of his career, Oscar Piastri is just getting started. How do you think his mindset contrasts with the veteran Ricardo? You know, if Ricardo's 
the super talented, cool, fun call. What has Piastri shown us about who he is two races in as he comes to his home Grand Prix? I think Oscar Piastri and Daniel Ricciardo are vastly different personalities. I think their approach to racing and the way they see that world is vastly different. Oscar Piastri comes into Formula One well-credentialed. He's basically won every junior category he's ever raced in. He's an F3 and an F2 champion. The moment has arrived for the Prima man. Oscar Piastri wins the Formula Two championship of 2021. Three titles in a row for the Australian driver. Formula Renault, Formula Three, and now Formula Two. McLaren are pinning their hopes on this young gun. We obviously haven't really been able to see what he can do on track. I think he's impressed everyone with his approach and the glimpses that we've had of him really mixing it with the world's best. There's no doubt it's going to be a tough run for them this year. It's obvious they just don't have the car pace that they would have hoped. What a nightmare for McLaren. Two races in a row, both cars out of position with issues. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Two McLarens running 19th and 20th. I know that there are going to be um, improvements. Um, So Oscar's up against it this year, but I actually think we're going to see the very best from him. He is really focused. He's really hungry, and he is a hardcore racer. He wants to cement himself in Formula One for the next decade, as Daniel Ricciardo has. It's a changing of the guard, but these two guys are entirely different personalities. It's got to be frustrating for Piastri when you consider some of the more senior people in Formula One consider him to be a potential world champion and he's struggling with deficiencies in his car. He comes to his home Grand Prix. Australians just kind of wake up. They're maybe not always as attuned to what's going on in F1 as they should be. And you know, they want to see the, the local product do well. How do you think he's going to cope with the pressure and expectation at Melbourne Park this weekend when you consider the challenges um, that he's dealing with from a technical perspective that you've just outlined? I think you've got to remember too, this is Oscar's debut season in Formula One. So while the Australian public might have this great expectation of him, he's under no illusion about what's actually possible for him and what this year really is all about. It is a massive learning curve. He's never raced at most of uh, the tracks that they're going to this year. He's never worked in a team at this level. He's never had the spotlight on him uh, as he does currently. Tomorrow, once we get on track, I'm sure there'll be a few nerves and a bit of excitement as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, but um, no, I'm excited to be in front of all the fans. I think he's really up for the learning. He's a very astute, receptive, hungry kind of character. He wants to be the best, but he also knows it's going to take some time to get there. He's still learning, fine-tuning his racecraft in these incredible cars. So whilst all that noise might be going around him, he's got a really good team of people that are keeping him grounded, keeping him focused on what his actual goals are. I think that's to put his best foot forward, but it's also to learn and to be able to continue to build on that as the season progresses. Jess, we're in for an absolutely belting weekend of racing. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. Pleasure. Headlines. Lexi Rogers has revealed that she's the trans woman hoping to play in the NBL One competition. When it's this hypothetical person and people are making a picture of what a transgender athlete looks like in their head, one, I don't think it's me, but two, I think it's a bit harsh. And people just forget that there's actually a 
person. Her application has caused quite a stir. Basketball Australia has convened a panel to discuss Roger's application. Hawthorne and North Melbourne are playing each other in Tassie this weekend, and while they're travelling to the game separately, they are sharing a plane back to the mainland. Hey, cost of living pressures, am I right? Kangas coach Alistair Clarkson won't be on that flight. He believes it's inappropriate given the ongoing Hawthorne racism investigation. Clarkson told The Age he just doesn't think it's wise. And Ben Simmons' season is over as the 26-year-old continues to struggle with that nasty back injury. The Australians managed 42 games this season, averaging 6.9 points, 6 rebounds and 6 assists, as well as 26 minutes per game. Simmons has two years remaining on a five-year, $177 million deal. This season was another frustrating chapter in the Brooklyn player's career. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports, Dan Ricardo's Instagram, Formula One, Red Bull, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and the Under the Surface podcast for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.